0: Welcome to the Vineyard, very glad you're with us today, welcome to those of you joining us online as well, here, uh, it's a little chilly here in the Keys, although it's warming up, it is now uh, 61 out there, I guess, so good, yeah, that's good, I know up north yet you'd, you'd, you'd be out with shorts on playing Frisbee, but uh, we're not like that, we got cold and so we're we're even wearing long pants, some of us. <coughs> i um I know that actually technically Advent is over, finished up with uh, christmas day, and now we're we 're moving into a little different season but I, I want to finish up one of the Advent topics. Uh, the four topics for Advent are um, hope and peace and joy and love and uh, we had talked in the series we were in moving into Advent, we had just talked about peace and justification. So, uh, so far we've talked about hope, the amazing hope we have in um, Jesus coming back and new heaven, new earth, new creation, all those amazing things. We we spoke about that. And then last week I spoke about love, really this salvation component and how God has come and he's rescued us and reconciled us and all those amazing things. But the one that we have left is Joy. I thought joy would be a good one to end the year on to get us ready for a new year. Certainly, we can we can all use a little joy, and uh, in in everything that's going on. And so, most of that's going to really focus in on Holy Spirit dwelling in us, because that's really the at the heart of what joy is all about. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, a couple of bad jokes here. So, uh, you know, for Christmas, I got a, a joke book. I got a bad joke book. And I also got a joke a bad joke calendar. Somebody all, every year, thank you guys, gives me a bad joke calendar. It goes on my desk. And normally, there's only one joke. Next year's has three jokes per day. I can hardly wait. People ask what my favorite tongue twister is. It's hard to say. <laughs> then I broke into tongue twisters last time. And my... Like Moses supposes his toesies are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously for nobody's toesies are poses of roses. Roses. As Moses supposes his toesies to be. She wasn't impressed.
1: Did you go to college for that?
0: I did. It's it Moses, right? It's very theologically based. Because the other one was a tutor who tooted the flute. Tried to tutor two tutors to toot. Is it harder? Never mind. How do you make the number one disappear? You just add a G and it's gone. Come on, that's awesome. People are like, I don't get it. It's Oneg. No, it's not. It's gone. The last snowman joke of the year. What did the snowman say when he got new glasses? Icy. Alice, come lead us.
1: We're all just really grateful that your number one joke was was about gone and not the bathroom.
0: Yeah, there you go. That was last week. So there you go. I only can do that once a year. I've already had, had my...
1: <laughs> you used up your credit on that it. joke. Good morning, everybody. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. We sure did. We spent the morning with my golden babies, and then we spent the evening with Doug's family because the kids like to stay home and play with their presents. So we travel, and um, then I don't really have to cook that much. (laughs) But it was lovely. We had a great Christmas, and I pray and hope you all did as well. But let's pray this morning before we read the word together, shall we? Papa. Lord, that you created the stars in the sky. You carved out the depths of the sea. Lord, you make the wind blow and the sun to rise. And you came down and you dwell with us. You were born the lowliest of ways in a manger. How more humble of a king could we ask for? On the eve of your death, you rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. How much more humble could you be? And Lord, I I thank you that when you come back, you're coming back on a white stallion and we're going to hear that trumpet blow. You are not just a humble king. You are also our mighty warrior. And in between those two things, we live and we dwell and we get to know you. And so, Lord, I ask today that you would just bless each family, each person here, in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? And I, I just want you to, to hear Linus' voice when I say this. I wish I could do Linus, but I can't. So here, here it is. This is um, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Blessed be the word of God and may his favor rest on you today. Amen. So if you look at me on the screen, not up here, I look like a head with a collar, because I'm. Wor- yeah, just thought I'd give you that little joke. <laughs> Too much
0: black. She, t- she told me that after the first service. There's one shot, really. That's what it does look like. I just started. I thought that was great. It's like a floating head. So um, we've been sharing parts of the Christmas story. That's what Alice just read, part of the Christmas story. And um, one of the most common themes throughout all of the Christmas story is that um, people, the people in the Christmas story are experiencing joy. She just read about it there. Uh, you know, exceeding joy, abundant joy, great news, great joy is happening. So everybody was experiencing joy except for maybe Herod. Not so much. But that's another part of the scripture altogether. So joy was a big part of, of the entrance of God into the scene at Christmas. And, I, you know, I, so the season carries with it. For some people, just Christmas is hard anyway. But, you know, And so there's that. And then for, for another group of folks, right after Christmas is really hard. Because there's all this build-up to Christmas. You know, there's all these things that we got going on and that we look forward to every year. And then, you know, we just normally don't pull off the, the Martha Stewart experience. And so maybe our expectations aren't quite met, you know, with every, oh, this is, yeah. And, and so some people have this little downtime afterwards, and then certainly it's been a tough year uh, in all sorts of ways and all that's going on. So I want to talk about what joy really is and how we get to experience joy, because the gospel tells us, the Bible tells us that, that the greatest joy that we really ever experience Is, is knowing that God is in us and with us and for us. It's the, it's the indwelling presence of God himself, who himself is joy. And this is one of the most important things to get a hold of, is that Holy Spirit dwells in us. And I, I often say, I think it's so amazing, it's so big, the, the, that it, it, it's hard for us to really hang on to. Because the idea that God actually does live in us, Holy Spirit is here in us now forever, is, is more than we can really get a hold of. And so we, we sort of put that understanding aside. And yet we need to keep coming back to the reality that that Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers and all that it means. And even, even more, I know I tell you this all the time, the scripture says he's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And I often think, because you know a deposit is a part of something. If if holy spirit if god himself dwelling in us is just a part of our inheritance what in the world is our inheritance going to look like in him and just think about what life looks like and and we we need to be thinking that way as believers. That needs to change our perspective as to really what joy is and, and how we move into joy. And so one of the things that we need to do um, this time of year is always, though, is we need to really remember that he is the reason for this season and really for life in in everything that's going on. And so I got three quick points that I want to go over with you today, uh, How we how we sort of Know this joy and experience this joy and hang on to this joy and what joy is. The first thing is, you've got to do this. you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. That needs to be a part of your sort of everyday life and routine. This season, it's... it's uh, it, there, because there's so much busyness and so much that goes with it, sometimes we can get our eyes off the reason for the season. We can get caught up in, in everything that we sort of have uh, associated with Christmas over the course of our lives. We have a lot of Christmas memories, a lot of us, and there's all this stuff that gets tied into. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll get our eyes off of why we celebrate. And it'll start being about this and about that. And if this isn't right, then we're not okay. And if that's not right, you know, and there's all these things that can come up. I begin to mess this up, but we need to just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we need to remember how amazing it is what God has done for us. Remember, I I tell you that the the Christmas story fits into the bigger story And, and that, you know, we need to be thinking about that bigger story all the time. And then once we know the bigger story, which we've talked about here a lot how the christmas story fits into it is an amazing and wonderful thing but you got to hang on to it in that context and the bigger story and so that you remember you know jesus is more than than the the baby born in a manger jesus is the one born in your heart who makes you new jesus is the one who went to the cross and defeated death and paid for all your sins and rose again the first the new creation so that we have a hope for the amazing life that's to come and so so all of those things are are what helps us to experience and understand this deeper joy that we're talking about. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, and we looked at this, and that was the last message of that series. Well, not the last one, the last one we did. We're coming back next week to keep in step, and we'll be in Galatians 3, just so you have a heads up. This is Galatians 2.20, so we just looked at it. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This life that I have now, it's, it's because of Jesus and it's about Jesus. And remembering that is where I experience the full and abundant life he came for me to have. So, so not only was, was Jesus born in Bethlehem, but by faith and by his spirit, he now lives in me. And, and that should be sort of at the heart of us experiencing joy in our lives. But what is it? What is joy? And, And how do we know? And what does it look like? And I like this as a definition. Joy is the deep, durable delight in God that ruins you for anything else. There's nothing that compares to it. There's nothing about getting a hold of that amazing reality as a believer that God is with you, that God is for you, that God has you forever and that Holy Spirit now dwells in you. Because when that is sort of at the foundation of our life, everything begins to change. And that's really what joy is. And, and so, so everything else sort of pales in uh, comparison. And this is the perspective that we need to have in, in order to know and experience joy in our lives. Now, the big problem most of us have is that we confuse joy and happiness. Because when I say the word joy to you, you think about happiness. It almost is, they, they almost feel like they're supposed to be interchangeable. But they are not. They are completely different things. And we need to understand that. So, And let me say right off the bat, happiness is a great thing. So don't hear me say well, he said. Happiness is a great thing. But happiness, by its very definition, is based on external things. It's based on circumstances. The actual word of happiness we take is happenstance. It's got the whole idea in there. And so we experience happiness when a whole lot of our external things are going the right way. Uh, when there's a lot of good circumstances happening, that's sort of how we define Happiness. So it's based on external things. Joy is different, though. Because joy is... I like to think of joy this way. It's internal and it's eternal. And that there's a big difference in those things. Because God wants us to experience joy. The, the realization of what's going on in the life that we have. Independently of our circumstances. and And, and so that joy is experienced in our relationship with God. That's where we experience it. And... And ultimately, what we have to understand is that the goal that's the goal of our life, that God himself is kind of the goal of our life. It's that relationship with God that's the most important thing that we have and will ever have. And and um, we tend to sort of want to define things by, well, when, when I have this happening in my life, then everything's going to be good. Or when I've achieved these things, then everything's going to be good. Or when I get to this place, then, then that's when everything's going to be good. And we're living life based on these external things. And they become sort of the pursuit in our lives. That's what we're, we're focused on. But the reality is, that the thing that we're to pursue in our lives is our relationship with God. He's the goal. That's, that's the whole deal in this life, is making that relationship with God and understanding it, and then experiencing it in its fullest. Everything short of that is us just missing out on everything that we can have. And so, so this is what, how our focus needs to change. And, and the amazing thing is, when, when that, when he becomes our focus, he sort of takes over making these other things happen the way they're supposed to. He's way better at it than we are too. I don't know if you've figured that out yet. But but he's way better at getting those things in our lives. He's good to us and he's faithful and, and he knows what our hearts need and all those things. And so when we pursue him, then he really moves into those other situations. But when we're pursuing those things, we're missing out on the life that we're supposed to have because they become so important. And, you know, that it's, it's, it's a fallen world, right? It's a broken planet. It just doesn't go the way that we expect. And so God needs to be the pursuit. Of our lives. It's the most important thing. When you're pursuing God all in, everything in your life, I promise, gets better. Your relationships get better. Because when you're loving God all in and you're experiencing that, you love people so much better around you. You're not using them for things that you're trying to get or, or using them to fill voids in your life. You're just loving them the way that you're supposed to. Everything gets better in life. The psalmist said this: Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. God is my joy. And my delight. Now praise you with the lyre, O oh God, my God. And so we pursue Him in this life, and and that's where we find life. And and understanding that that's what joy is, not confusing joy and happiness is a really big deal. Because I, I talk to people all the time, and and they they go, well, I'm I'm just not happy, and I, I get that. And we start to talk about joy, and they said, I told you I wasn't happy. It's just two different things. And and uh, you know, I happy is great, as I said, but it's just. It's kind of fleeting. And uh, so when you're happy, hang yay. But it's different than joy because joy is something you can always have. Well, well and when I say that, people bring up the question, really, and, and that question should really be, can we experience joy always? Can we really experience joy always? And uh, Paul apparently believed so. This is one of my, this is a verse from one of my favorite passages, so most of you know it because I say it all the time. Philippians 4 4. The whole thing is 4 to 8, but 4 4 for today. Rejoice in the Lord always. So that's pretty heavy. He doubles down, then I'll say it again. Rejoice. This is what we're to be experiencing. This is the, the joy that we're to have, the joy of the Lord. We're to be having that all ways. So, how do we do it in the hard stuff of life? How do we really press into those things? Like, like in my brokenness. How, how am I supposed to experience joy in my brokenness? And, and oftentimes, you know, because all of us are broken, right? We've all done things we shouldn't have done. We've all, all got a mess. Um, oftentimes those things become our focus. And so we sort of get stuck in our past mess, things that we've done, or, or we get stuck in our present faults. And, When you're doing that, often you you stop experiencing that settledness, that joy, that internal thing that we talked about, and the enemy kind of pokes us in these places, and and so um, we can get caught up. I talk to people all the time; they just get so focused on, well, you don't know what I've done, and you don't, and and look, that's not where you find life in in just getting stuck in those things. I love what Paul says in Philippians three twelve. And four, through 14. He says, not that I've already obtained all this, and he's talking about this life that we're talking about, this full and abundant life, this new creation life. Or I've already arrived at my goal, Paul says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to uh, have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead? I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I love that. Paul says, Look, I haven't got this all figured. I'm not all dialed in yet. He said, But here's what I know. I'm a new creation. Paul make sure that we get a hold of that. This life I live, I live in because Christ is in me. I have this new life. And so what I'm, I'm working on is, is forgetting what's back there. Now, now, when he says that, it means I'm just not going to let that be the focus any longer. Those... That... Those things can't control me any longer. They have been all of that has been dealt with at the cross. All that mess, even my present failures, my present flaws, all of that's been dealt with at the cross. They no longer define me. Those things don't define us any longer. We're defined as believers in Christ, in in, as new creations. God is is already seeing us in the perfection of his Son. Holy Spirit is in us. Helping us to, to overcome these things. But, but God already sees us in, in this whole new way. And so we need to let that, that's what we're straining towards. God, I'm, I'm a new creation and I want to live more and more like that all the time. And so I'm going to quit letting this be the focus of my life. And, and so it's one of those clues when you're, when you're not sort of experiencing joy, but all you're thinking about is your mess and your brokenness that, that you need to have a little shift and, and press into who you know and who you really are this new identity that you have in Christ we're putting on those new clothes so yes in in our brokenness we can experience joy uh, and and we need to by by changing you know how we're seeing those things how about this in my grumpiness so you know i know there's anybody here ever ever been grumpy all of us can be grumpy sometimes Grumpy is, is, is kind of, I see a lot of el- this going on. <sighs> yeah. There's a lot of jokes that I'm not going to do. Grumpiness, you know, is really kind of a self-protective thing. It's We're not feeling right for whatever reason. And, and it's usually a lot of times we're stuck in some bad thinking about ourselves or about others or making comparisons or right. This stuff is resonating. I know with a lot of, and when we get so we get so we, we get grumpy because it, it, we found that people don't tend to mess with us when we're grumpy. It's fairly effective. Right. So you go up to somebody. How you doing? And you get grumpy back. You pretty much shut down. Right. Oops. That, don't poke that bear. Yeah, <laughs> and and it needs to. What it needs to be is sort of a clue for you that you know I'm not because grumpy isn't how you're meant to be. It's really not, and it's it's not protective. You know, it's isolating is what it is, and it it keeps you from the relationships that you find life in. That's what being grumpy does. It just pushes people away and the life that you could be experiencing you're not experiencing because you're, you're choosing to isolate because you're, you're usually off a little bit about something and so you need to sort of look at it you know one of my, my favorite stories about grumpy is because some people look grumpy and they may not be grumpy they just look grumpy I'm looking all over so nobody thinks I'm looking at them we had I have a friend he's, he just moved away fairly recently and he had a very grumpy resting face he looked, people thought, that guy's a grump. And he really wasn't a grump, it's just how he looked. And I love it, he told me this story. He said, he said his wife did, used to do this thing with him when he would be in a, in a group, in a conversation, and she would be in the group, in the conversation as well, which makes this even funnier. And rather than call him on it or anything, um, she would, she would text him the word smile. And all of a sudden he'd get a text and you look at it. <laughs> I thought, that's awesome, right? If it but it almost needs to be like that. You know, you know when you're grumpy, you, you need to text yourself. Don't, because, listen, if you're in, in, in with somebody that's grumpy, do not text them smile. <laughs> that is bad plan. Text yourself smile. You know, because you, you, you don't want to stay in that, that place. And, and so our minds it, need to be transformed and, and renewed in this place. Romans twelve one. therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Really, the, the the grumpy thing when you catch yourself, just use it as a as a reminder. That's not how I'm supposed to be, because it's not a joyful thing, and and you you shift. Uh, you go. I don't want to get stuck in whatever that is. That's not how I want to be, and and just sort of know that that's not where life is. It's a trick, right? It's a, it's just going to make it worse. Being grumpy keeps everybody away from you. Finally, in my circumstances. In my circumstances. So, um, there's no way around it. A Life is hard and difficult sometimes. We live in a fallen world on a broken planet. I'm never making light of that. I get that. We have a very real enemy, defeated but not departed. And and so, when I'm talking about joy, uh, remember it's different than happiness. Because when you're going through something really, really difficult, am I saying, well, you need to pretend that everything... Of course not. And and that's that's fake. You you don't want to do that. Joy, um, because it's not the same as happiness, is something that allows us to sort of be at peace with God and know that he's with us, even in the, the most difficult of circumstances. And and the reality that we have that we know that everything is going to get better. That we're moving in a direction of a place where there's no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow and no more death and all those things. That when we're experiencing the harsh realities of those things, we remember that that's all from the enemy and that's not our forever life. And it allows us to get to a place where God's grace then and and God's... Um, Comfort helps us through those situations, see? And that's sort of what joy is. It's that ability to to know that he's got you and that he's good, even in the, the hardest things that we experience together. And so, you know, when everything is going well. It's easy to sort of be joyful. But but this real joy that I'm talking about is, is, is not based on circumstance whatsoever. And, and when you get that, then this verse might sort of pop open a little bit because a lot of people just will ignore this verse. Because it's like, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Isn't that a, that's one of them verses that just make you go, what? Really? You know what you're talking about, James? I don't think you do. Why, why in the world? Well, see, it's not saying be pretend happy and hard, because that's what a lot of people think. Oh, yeah, I'm all, you know, pretend Pretend happy is the word you can tell when someone is being pretend happy right and you 're like well that 's that kid that 's pretend happy and that, that doesn't that 's not what it 's all about what What is it Well, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. What you find out over time is that you 're going as you go through hard things, all of us experience in life because we have a very real enemy, but we begin to understand that god. In his amazing way, even though things don't always work out the way we want or the way we'd like or the way we understand. Over time, what we realize is that God's still with us and for us and has us. and We have these amazing promises and he gets us through. And then somehow we learn things in those hard times. You know, it's, we learn in the mountains and we learn in the valleys and we, we learn about trusting God. But we, we learn that we can trust him and we have this, you know, all this amazing life to look forward to. Let us Let perseverance finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so this this process helps us to know that he's good and that we got him. And it allows us then to really to experience joy in the midst of all these things. So let me give you the the practical side of this um, briefly, and, and just so you kind of know what's going on with it. So so I've mentioned both these things: our, our internals and our externals throughout this message. So. So when I'm saying our internals, let's say that's our feelings and our thoughts and all those things. Well, before you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, your internals are almost always a result of your externals. Situations that you find yourselves in, conversations that you have, things that people say, things that people don't say, uh, all these things somehow are shaping how we feel on the inside. But after you come to know Jesus, something different happens to your internals. And the difference is that Holy Spirit... Now dwells inside you. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead, the dunamis of God, now dwells in you. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we have a new power within us that's shaping us from the inside out. That's sanctification. That's that whole process. And so our internals no longer need to be shaped by our externals. And yet, we have a very real enemy. And yeah, he wants to continue to keep you stuck in that process. And what's happened is we usually become so accustomed to allowing our externals to shape our internals that we, we haven't taken that step yet where we realize that no longer needs to happen. And, and so, so you've got the enemy who knows it, who, and, and see, the, he can just poke, is it, he can poke one little thing in your externals and wreck you. You know what I'm saying? It rocks your world sometimes. And he knows that. So he does. He'll just poke. Oh, well, well there's a person that seems to be enjoying life. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> can't let that happen. You might, that might get contagious. and We can't be having that, can we? Maybe he's got to push two things. Whatever. But it's not a lot. Because we're, we're sort of in that process. But So, so you need to get, get a hold of this idea. As a believer, you have God working in you from the inside out. And it's the enemy who tries to and wants to work on you from the outside in. But you have Holy Spirit. And you don't need to allow that any longer. You need to, you need to stand up to that and go, no. And so, so don't allow your externals to control your internals. What you need to do is, is you need to allow your internals to impact your externals. You need to go, no, that's, I'm not believing in those lies. This is who I am. This is my identity. I have Holy Spirit living in me. And, and I'm going to allow that to begin to act, impact the externals of my life. And so, so it's not like we're ignoring the difficult things in life. But we're making sure that those difficult things don't sort of blind us to the amazing hope and truth and love and everything that we have. In in who God is and His love for us, and that what moves us, like Paul says, is we just continue to press into this relationship. That's the that's the goal of our lives. This this relationship, this amazing living relationship we have with God, that becomes our focus, and then He begins to work in every other area. That's what joy is. That's my prayer for you guys for this the this year and moving into next year and whatever it holds. That you hang on to that, and that you experience the hope and the peace. And the love and the joy of God in every area and every day of your life. Amen? Amen. Alice, my love, why don't you come up? We'll pray. And then we'll uh, call it a day. Well, we'll call it a service anyway. We got one more. Holy Spirit, why don't you come? We're grateful that you dwell in us, that you're with us. And would you do those things which you do? Would you encourage and would you comfort? Would you lead and would you guide and would you strengthen and would you empower? And would you just meet us right now in every situation, in every circumstance? And even in our brokenness or in our grumpiness, that you would just come. In the amazing way that you come. And let us experience life. Now and forever. Full and abundant. The life. The life in Christ. The the light that came into the world to show us what it's all about. Will you just help us to experience that life now, Holy Spirit? And and let us be filled with this joy that was part of the Christmas story. And let it overflow from us into a world around us who desperately needs all of it. You are an awesome, an amazing, amazing God. Alice?
1: Amen. I feel like there's somebody, and you really identified with um, Steve talking about the circumstance problem in your finances. And the Lord just wants to remind you today of the loaves and the fishes, and that he will multiply what you do have moving forward. And also... Um, I think someone has out there has a migraine in the back of their neck. I don't know if it's online. It's just right up the back of your neck and I want to pray for that. If that's you, just listen, Father, I just pray right now for the healing power of Jesus to come upon that neck and that head. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Heal that and let that be a sign to you. Yes. He is with you. Yes. And the migraine gone. Yes. And Miss Alicia has one I want to share with you. Um, so she saw someone and you're either on a canoe or you're on a kayak and you're paddling really hard and you're not getting anywhere. And you finally just took the paddles and gave up. And when you did, God put a motor on the back of the canoe or the, or the kayak and what she saw was it taking off and you going, "Wee!" <laughs> so, you know, I think the point of that was... <laughs> From struggle, right? From struggle to surrender to joy.
0: I like it. Yeah. Wee!
1: <laughs> I actually saw Baby Yoda going wee, but that was my take, not hers. So.
0: Grogu. Grogu, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Well, everything, all this good stuff, starts with Jesus. Knowing Jesus is Lord and Savior. If you've never done it, that's, how do you? Because of what he's done for us on the cross, all that took place, because he came and lived that perfect life and defeated death and rose again. Our part is just saying yes to Jesus. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's how it starts. And, and I want that for you. And whether you're here in the room or watching online, if you've never done that, do it today. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you if you said that and you meant that for the first time, I want to know, text the word heart to me, H-E-A-R-T, to that number, 305-745-7513, so that I can celebrate with you. And it's the best decision you will ever make in your life. I promise. Thank you again, church, for your amazing generosity and uh, your faithfulness to give and to tithe and your offering and all those amazing and wonderful things that you do. If you're watching online, that's how you do that. Or if you... Give digitally now. All the information for doing that is there and we do thank you for that. There's offering boxes here and here and by the doors on your way out. If you would rather do it that way, let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. If you're leaving the facility, please go out these doors. They'll be open for you. Have a great day. Uh, If you're going fishing, I might ask myself why, first off. But if you do catch fish, hope your team wins God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you soon. Merry Christmas. Everybody online, we just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for being a part. And we look forward to uh, next weekend with you. We're going to move back into our series, Keep in Step. We'll be in Galatians 3. Have a great rest of the year. I hope you're enjoying one another this Christmas. And know that we love you and that we miss you and that we're praying for you.
1: I hope you still got Christmas cookies left.
0: Amen. Good. Yeah. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube.